Can you imagine reflecting back on the entirety of your life to a compassionate witness? I mean the entirety of your life. What a journey. That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Happy New Year. It's a new year and I thought we'd kick it off with a new topic because we really haven't talked about anything like this before on the show. If you haven't yet checked us out, we are doing videos of our interviews, so you can watch these live. Well, not live. You can watch these at youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. And then because I know you're always on the go, we keep all the audio forms that we've always had. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And our entire library is at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thank you, Mario Rosales, for creating and producing these shows and for the website and for everything else that you do you make this possible. And I don't often ask for the, for funds, but I'm going to today because we do require a little bit of money in this world to make things happen. And we love to bring you this show free of charge, but we've had to replace some, some equipment and do some updates and all of that costs money. So if you listen to the show time and again, and if we've helped your life in any way, please show us a little love. Journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And joining us in just a moment is Ritika Arya. This is just a quick reminder for you to join me on Thursday afternoons at three o'clock central on youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. I am reading in its entirety messages from the hollow earth. These are the channeled messages of Mikos from the library of Portalagos, and they are fabulous. Your vibrational rays just hearing this work and there's so many good seeds in there that can take root and grow in you. It's literally life changing. So again, that's Thursday afternoons at three. We're already on chapter 14. So you may wanna go in between now and Thursday and catch up with us. But it's messages from the hollow earth. They were channeled by Diane Robbins and with her blessing, we can now bring them to you free of charge at youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. I'll see you there. Throughout these shows, I'm always talking about Mario Rosales' incredible technology skills, helping me launch the podcast, my website, my YouTube channel, and he can still help you with all those things. But for five years now, he's been working on a special project, and now he's finally ready to launch it. And I'm excited for him to tell you about it because they're absolutely beautiful. Tell us. Well, what I have come up with, I call it astrofractals, and that's astro, A-S-T-R-O, like astrology. And why is it an astral fractal? It's very simple because it uses your birth date, your birth time, and your numerology of your name. With that, I put it into this formula that I've worked on for, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates a fractal and it colors it and it gives you this beautiful portrait of you. And at first when I got it, it's like, what was it? What's it for? Well, if you meditate in front of it, take it to a ceremony, or if you just want to look at it like a piece of art, it's beautiful. You can look at it at my website at astro, A-S-T-R-O, fractals, F-R-A-C-T-A-L-S, astrofractals.com, and that'll take you directly to my website. The base package is a digital picture of it, and then I have options that go higher in price for different types of things, 8x10s, tapestries, I mean, you name it, it's whatever you want. And they are beautiful. Astrofractals.com. Way to go, Mario. I love it. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's fractal looks like. And you even have famous people on there. So check them out. Astrofractals.com. Now for today's guest who's sitting here patiently waiting. Ritika Arya embodies 
her deep commitment to authenticity at all costs. And I can vouch for that with her. She describes her body of work as a consistent practice in holding space for herself and her world for the highest potential to become. Mm, love it. All right, what's she up to? Well, she's a healing facilitator, an international speaker, a certified Waldorf educator, and founder of an NGO in Mumbai since 2008 called the Young Innovators Foundation, providing holistic education and international consulting for the same. Ritika works with the youth section of India in association with the internet, the international youth section, that was a mouthful, and she even plants source seed trees as a part of the crystallized roots movement by earth change. She was first on this show in 2017 after I had the pleasure of meeting her and speaking with her at TEDx The Woodlands in 2012. And we recently reconnected in a beautiful journey called Biography. This work is rooted in Rudolf Steiner's work and Riddick has been learning to facilitate this for the last three years. You can contact her personally for a session or reading through M tvo.org where she also teaches facilitates and assists with hr and social media you are a busy lady thank you for taking time to join us riddick i'm so glad to connect with you did you just give away my biography in like two minutes <laughs> you're good thank you that was incredible i was like listening so patiently like if I missed something I was going to miss like a part of my life or something <laughs> I really know how to get things down Cheryl thank you so much <laughs> it's a pleasure and I don't think I got it all in there I'm sure you're up to more than that you're really amazing I need some of that energy <laughs> thank you well, for with all me. of your interests and all of your gifts and talents and they are numerous I know that in the last show, we talked about Rudolf Steiner's work, about the Waldorf schools and the impact that's had on your life. We talked about um, anthroposophony a little bit because I'd never heard of that big fancy word. And now you've like really dived into something that when I tell people the work I've been doing with you for the last three months, the biography work, they're like, I've never even heard of that. And it took you three years to train to facilitate this. So what about such a big undertaking drew you in? What spoke to your soul and said, this is my, my path, I wanna do this? Biography work was um, something that came into my awareness in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So around 2015, 2016, and uh, my teacher who was teaching or like facilitating the Waldorf teacher training course was enrolled in the program at that point. And he came to class and he described his process. And that was the first time it like lit a little spark and I kind of bookmarked it and kept it like to come back to later inside, inside of me. And um, recently, so this was 2000, 19, 20, your time is just funny. I have to like do my math with time to, you know, um, really give you the exact numbers. So 2019 um, was when the biography training came back into my awareness. And I just like most things in life, just followed my intuition and my heart. And I decided this time that it was um, time to look deeper and pursue it. 
And so I enrolled for the course, again, not knowing that it was going to be a handful. Um, I, it's, I think it's been a pattern where I just like, la, 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 like walk into things and then understand what I walked into. <laughs> but, and it was, it was not very different with biography work as well. And I like that actually, because then I know that it's, it's my heart and my, now I can even say like my divinity guiding me to make those decisions and like trust the process. Um, and that's what I did. That's how I found myself in biography uh, work recently. Um, yeah. I love that. I have to laugh when you say that's kind of what I do because I mean, that's how we reconnected, right? When you first reached out to me and began to explain the process that every seven years of my life would be a session that we would meet and talk about. And, you know, I'm not ashamed of my age. I just turned 56, which it turns out is also a magical year in that whole biography work. But I was like, really? So this is like your graduate project or whatever. I said, are you sure you don't want to pick somebody younger? Because that's a lot of work. <laughs> and you just said, no, this is meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl, you know how that happened. Like I reached out to people before you and things just like kept, you know, not aligning and then I wrote to you and you were like straight on without even like if I had to give three months of my life to someone and they were not like in this world normally you would do a background check you would see how well versed they are in what they're doing and like that's a lot of time you know a session each week and your trust and your enthusiasm was like met by my faith and my feeling and it just was magical and you you know, you jumped in with equal faith and understanding so that all of that work that biography has to offer could then, you know, just unfold because you and I had already set the stage in faith and, you know, in possibility, I would say. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think that's one of the big things I hope somebody listening to this would pick up is what we each did was listen to our soul because something inside of me just expanded when I got the invitation and it was like oh my gosh yes I believe that our bodies give us really strong yeses and just like what you were saying I jumped in without even thinking about what was involved either and then later I was like wow that's a lot of time Cheryl you know like and and I've loved the journey so I think part of this learning how to raise in our vibration and live in a 5D world or a 40, wherever we're at in that 3D, 40, 5D thing is about listening to the body and letting the body have its yeses and going with it, right? Yeah. Isn't that what you did? Yeah. Like for me now, it's just like listening period, like not just the body, but not just, you know, like something, but just listening intently and wholly period. And when I am listening, the more I fine tune it, I can listen better. And it was like, I don't even know because Cheryl, you and I hadn't spoken in years. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't, you don't question when a name like that pops up and you just listen. And if you are listening, you don't miss it. And so I was able to write back to you and you were able to do the same. So I just wanted to add that it's, I'm not, I wasn't just listening to my body, but I was just listening, period you know, yeah. and that includes the body and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because I think we all get our intuitive hits in a different way. Mine definitely comes through my gut. So I know when I'm getting a yes deep in my body, 
other people, right. it comes different ways. So yes, listening in the, yeah. to wherever we get our guidance. Yeah. 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 The body is definitely an instrument for that. So, yeah. So it's hard for but, me. I've been through this process with you for three months. So I'm thinking, okay, where do we even dive in to explain? It's like if, if I ask somebody, explain life. What is life? Oh my goodness. Like, where do I start? Do, have you had to tell anybody like what biography is? Do you have yet a conversation around that that you can share with us about what biography means to you? Uh, I haven't told very many people about what biography work is um, and not even like my family. They, they just know I'm doing something. So it's just a handful of people. And the way I would want to describe biography now is it it gives me the opportunity and it gives anyone who's willing to do this work the opportunity to really look at their life from the perspective of an observer and be willing to see the dance and the tunes and the patterns and everything that has unfolded so that from that observation perspective, they are able to step into a deeper creatorship in their life on earth so that they can make that music and understand how the dance unfolds. So that's how I would describe biography work right now. Yeah. And you wondered if you'd have the language for it. That's beautiful. <laughs> and I did get that. Just, I've talked about bits of my story on the podcast before, but as an overview of the entire 56 years, I don't often do that. I mean, there isn't very often that I go back to, okay, zero to seven. What happened zero to seven? Okay, seven to 14. What happened? It, it was a lot to even try and unpack. And yet when I would sit with it, things would just show up. The questions that you gave were helpful. And there were parts of my story. I had come to a place in my healing work where I accepted that bad, good, wasn't really relevant. It all served a purpose, but that's not necessarily the same thing as really loving the totality of my journey. And my work with you did that. I fell in love with my life and I've never been in love with my life. So that I would say that's a profound gift for anyone that thinks, but why this mess? Why me? Why these things like to go through that process with a true compassionate witness because i told you stuff i've never told anybody i was guided to go deep with my work and you're a beautiful compassionate witness i never felt judgment i never felt shame other than my own and i had and i allowed that to come up and heal too so what a powerful experience oh thank you <laughs> yeah i agree like it was powerful for me to have received that level of trust and surrender from you because you know if if you're able to really sit there willing to be naked and with like allowing another person to witness you it's like there is that that person is able to do that more because we are alchemizing in real time every piece of trust that you're giving me i'm able to you know reflect that back to you and the love that I'm giving you and you're able to receive it and give it back to me, it allows the things that are really like wanting to come up and ready to come up to come up because of the space that we created with each other in that trust, awareness and love. 
in every session. And it, it's almost like it was incremental, right? You know, the magic that unfolded week by week. And I was like, I had goose flesh so many times <laughs> in that process. And I was like, my jaws, my jaws, my jaw was dropping, like witnessing your process and the perfection and the synchronicities. Like by now we see synchronicities, but it's just that every time you were willing to look deeper and like willing to let go of that shame and anything that came up, you were willing to like, you know, really like witness it and deep, dive deep into it. It created room and possibility for more to come and a deeper clarity to emerge. And, and when you're able to do that, I feel like it, it's just that all of the things that have happened into your, in your life, in however long you've lived, just start to make sense because they are now in a space where they can be seen and they don't need to be like, you don't need to like hide certain corners or like color certain things. So you were willing to see like the canvas of your life at this level, wherever you are in your life right now, you were willing to see it in its totality. And so those, those sparks and that magic and those synchronicities and that awareness and those insights could come up because of your willingness each week to just let things be, to show up for the things that are showing up for you to look at and be with and heal and forgive, you know? And there were so many different layers to that. The questions, the way the questions, it was like, not just bringing up the totality of my life, but looking at it this way and then turning the lens a little bit and looking at it through that and then turning the lens a little bit more and looking some more and then flipping the whole thing over and looking at it that way. And so the longer I would sit with it, the more ahas I would get all the way down to, I never thought about why I would be born, where I was born, when I was born. Like I never sat with that question before. And there was, it was a hot spot of rebellion and this explosion of desire for freedom and love and, and true freedom. And no, and that is a driving force for me. And I was never so excited to be born in a place until I saw that. And I never saw that without sitting with the questions. And one of the things that you did, so I also believe that for people that want to experience this work, you're going to be guided to the perfect facilitator for you. And Ritika, you were that for me. And the way you kept bringing up as I would make room for something, okay, what are you going to put in that space that you now made? That's a great prompting question for me to recognize. It isn't just about cleaning things out. It's about conscientiously choosing what I want there now so that I don't just leave a vacuum for any old thing to come flow into really creating my reality in a powerful way. Yeah, stepping into your creatorship versus just like letting things happen in auto mode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, people ask me what I got from it and, and I got so many things from it and we are still having conversations, right? Um, yeah. I, I feel like it was a great reset process for me to really embrace the totality of what I've done to now. And, and since we have ceased our work, I've been in this place of being at peace with allowing what wants to come to come without rushing it. And I've been busy my whole life. I'm a doer. I'm a busy little bee. So the minute I've got space, it's like, oh, what can I do now? Because I love experiences. I believe we came for those. And now I'm really sitting with what wants to flow through me next? What, 
what has all of this been for? And some beautiful things are showing up and I'm just allowing them and sitting with them and waiting for, for the right time. And that's brand new stuff for me. So I have to credit your work with a lot of that, that ability to say, okay, I'm not going to jump right in yet. It's not time. I'll, I'll be ready. I'm getting ready. Um, what, what else need, do I need to know to be ready to move forward with that? It's, it's a beautiful realignment. So I really want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I resonate so much with what you just described because I've been like that. I feel like I have use my will and my force to like really accomplish and get things done and then i'm now i'm sitting here i'm like in a little bit of greater understanding it also comes with age i would say realizing that when the conditions are right i don't need to burst my nerves and put all my force because everything the force is with me you know when the time is right like i just need to do my thing and everything else takes care of itself. But I, of course, <laughs> learned it the hard way because I've been the doer. I've wanted to like be someone who makes things happen. Um, and then you realize like in biography work that there is a design, there is an archetype, there is a time, there is a flow. So it, it's like when that is already like, when that wave is already coming and you just ride it, it carries, you know, and you want to go. So it's not that you're just letting the wave carry you. You are allowing and choosing to be with the wave to let it carry you. So it, it, there is a difference. But at the same time, I don't have to figure how to make the wave. Right. You know? <laughs> or like, how do I birth an ocean? Because the ocean exists. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I feel that. So we've talked about, I'm, I'm trying to imagine as a listener, you're probably still kind of in the, well, what is biography? Like, so from a, from the experiential perspective, each week we met for about an hour or so and explored that seven year segment of my life. And we also had time to discuss after that a little bit each time, the patterns that were emerging that I could see and the flow that I was emerging that I could see and anything else that was emerging. And all of this time, you're kind of, if I'm understanding right, putting together uh, a, a sort of a timeline of my life and patterns and, and things that you see. And then we haven't really come back. We haven't followed up yet with much because again, 56, that's a lot of sessions. So I'm giving Ritika her time to synthesize all of that information and come back to me. But I also love that you were careful to respect my understanding of my story instead of writing your story of my story over that for me and that's important because when people plant seeds of what they see for you that's also shaping your understanding of your reality and so it is important that i see what i need to see about my reality and then whatever i get from someone else can kind of fit into that where it does or or not and I can toss it aside but either way right am I understanding kind of the process because somebody may say why do biography work what is the end result we're so result driven yeah and what you described is is accurate because you are in your story and you are the narrator and the creator of your story so I look at myself as a biography worker literally as a space holder and 
because I'm studying this, like this process, it's about, for me, it's about like studying and understanding the design of things. Cool. But when I'm in the process with you, can I look at the design and the way things have emerged in your life and just observe that and take note of that? Because yes, there is a grand design, but then each life and its narrative and its possibilities are so unique. And that is why we're infinite beings and infinite combinations can come through us in our stories, even though we will be able to find those, you know, commonalities and similarities that exist and those threads that run through all of our stories, yet each story is so unique. So it, would, it wouldn't be fair on my part to like be a biography worker and come and tell you like, hey, this is, you know, this is the pattern or this is my analysis and you should probably do this work or that work to heal this or that. Because who am I? Like, you know your story the best. You are the hero of your story. If I can really create the conditions that allow you, which in day-to-day life don't, aren't, aren't always easily available in our world, you know, if I can almost help amp the condition you're creating for yourself in this work, it can help you perhaps do that work with greater efficiency and grace. So I look at my role as a co-witness, a person who can help amp those conditions and hold awareness of the design, but yet take note of the design that's emerging in front of me so that there is a greater understanding of the design itself. And you probably get writer's cramp with somebody like me who just keeps <laughs> I swore I watched you fill a whole notebook of just all this different. It's amazing to me how you were such a compassionate witness because again, my own shame came up for me to meet during the process with you. And I've done a lot of inner work, but that shame, I just kept slipping away from that one and it showed up big time for me. And and that gave me a greater appreciation of the compassionate witness that you are. And if anyone has done work in which we are a compassionate witness, that is not always easy to do. Even, even with the noise that goes off in the head, to witness that noise of our own journey and still stay present to the journey that we're in with the client or the friend or the loved one in front of us, that's a lot. I mean, you're very talented. At, I'm glad you chose this work because you're a good fit for it. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah, no, I had resonances and I had like, you know, I, I mentioned those to you out loud as well. So it is true. The noise is there and it is a process to navigate that because there, like I mentioned, and you will hear more about it when we have our follow-up session, <laughs> is like the like listening to your story and just seeing how how similar certain things were. It was uncanny almost. And to like be triggered inside of you because of the resonances you feel with someone's story, you know, you could swell up and well up and um, recall and get tugged in all sorts of directions. So that is definitely something you get to practice that can I in this moment observe what I am feeling and what this person's narrative and story is bringing up in me and at the same time, observe what is playing out in front of me. 
and there is a, a magic to both of those things playing out and the you know it takes <laughs> a fair amount of practice and training and it's not always possible you know you do miss out either on your own or what the other person is telling you um despite best efforts well, and we are multidimensional beings, but we're still learning how to be in all those dimensions at one time, right? <laughs> That's a lot of work. I'm <laughs> or like hold awareness of like, yeah, um, yeah, that multidimensionality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like um, it might be interesting to uh, talk about because I'm seeing it now in some of the, the post-session work, um, Cheryl, that zero to seven, for instance, has certain like influences and challenges and gifts and seven to 14 does and you know, so on and so forth. So I'm seeing um, amazing threads because I have in my second year work with another person, for instance, I've worked with my own biography and yours. So it was amazing to see how, wow, like at, six, seven, and eight, I'm seeing that commonality, you know, it's, it's almost like doesn't matter which part of the world you grew up in as a child, there is something that you can say happens around a certain age. So let's say even just pick nine. So we, we talk about nine as the crossing of the Rubicon, where the person, like the child is literally, you know, leaving behind a world and stepping into for the first time, like, if you know if there's a circle if I could give you the image of a circle and a child is standing in the circle and you know you, you don't know where it begins and where it ends it's like the first time they walk outside and you can see who the child is and what space they were holding so it's like the child leaves that group and takes that first step alone kind of so they're crossing a bridge that they're not going to uncross so this whole like, um, you know, like them not having an inner world, them like telling you everything, it changes. They're moving towards a time where they're stepping into their individuality, even as a child, and are going to have that inner space where they are going to now start to feel like I have secrets and I cannot speak about this to everyone, or I want to say this and I don't want to say this, versus like, Earlier on, if we look at children, we can see that, you know, their bodies and they just speak like all of it speaks, you know, yes. and sometimes like all of it, all of it speaks right here. So something happens and then you can observe that phenomena universally almost. And not to say that there wouldn't be any child on the planet that, you know, wouldn't be an exception, like to every archetype, to everything, there is the uniqueness, right? So the, the child might experience it a little bit later, a little bit sooner. Maybe a soul has come and is, I don't know, skipping a phase. I'm still learning. I have to figure, you know, a lot of these things out. But I can say that that is a phenomena that we can, you know, understand. And as a parent, bring that empathy because you now understand the design between like zero to 11 or you, you know that something's shifting at seven at nine, you know, at 14, and so on and so forth. So you're not just looking at the child grow physically, but you are wanting to and willing to look at the growth and the changes that are happening, even in the non-physical, in the soul. What is 
right now the current that is an undercurrent that is not visible and that so understanding of biography work just training yourself in it or being aware of what you know this field of study brings helps us to show up with a different quality of awareness and empathy to stories and people and lives whether of children or adults it doesn't matter this would be so helpful for parents. I know you work with educators. I know you work come from the educator perspective, but parents don't know what they don't know, right? And a lot of, now that two parents work, there's nobody home, they're home and they're tired at the end of the day. And I mean, I sometimes feel like parents are just doing what they can to keep up too. So you got the kids trying to figure it all out and the parents trying to keep up and, and, and we aren't even thinking about what we can't see. You bring to light the inner world, which is creating the outer world. And instead of going into the inner world of what's going on inside the people in the family, we tend to treat the symptoms that we see, the behaviors, the, the, the silence, the withdrawal, the anger, and we aren't getting inside to the source and, and understanding what's really going on with them. And a lot of times if we ask them, they can't tell us, right? Because they're kids, they haven't even figured out that, oh, I'm going from needing to telling you everything to I need a secret. They don't know that because they're nine, that that's happening to them. So what would you, how would you empower parents who may never go do any of this training, but you touch on something really important about parental awareness of what's happening inside the child. Is there a beginner book or something that you could recommend that parents could pick up to start to understand what's happening here? Um, I do feel there are a bunch of resources in the Waldorf community, which is like Waldorf education being a a stream in itself but because you said like you know for someone who doesn't want to go through training I want to include people who don't want to read books as well in yes that. yes and I would say like something that helped me is plant observation for instance and just like sitting with a plant every day for a few days you know committing to it same time if possible and just observing the plant and maybe sketching it and if you're not sketching it, then just like making a mental note, what it looks like, going the next day, seeing. So what I'm doing by having this plan, because it's, you know, it's not like a child, it's not moving everywhere. Um, I can see the plant day by day, and it really invites presence and attention to be able to tell the difference between a plant from one day to the next because there is a difference, there is growth, there is time and space and conditions. So it is changing, but you're only able to see the change if you're really present and giving it your attention. So plant observation, for instance, is one activity of like observing phenomena and being present and giving it attention and letting it teach you what, what really like observation is because you know stuff might come up oh this is so green and this is so pretty and this is so and then you have the opportunity to just like okay I like it I dislike it and all of that is fine but what is this plant in front of me how did it change the next day you know maybe there was a slight like the green is slightly more green or maybe that you know the spiral has opened up a little bit only if you look carefully and deep enough you would be able to see that and now I invite that into even our presence with our children so to be able to see 
and observe your child with a quality of attention that, you know, like you mentioned, Cheryl, sometimes we can't give because life is so busy. So it is just about being able to, to see the little things that your child is doing. Like, you know, if they're fidgeting on a certain day or like you can see that, oh, this fidgeting started for like, um, started and it's been going on for this period, but I've never seen them do that. So I'm really inviting from the physical first, you know, the quality of attention starting right from things that are in front of you. And that it's, it's like one thing is connected to the other. And even just if you start looking at the color and the warmth of their hands, like when you shake hands with them and you feel like, oh, my child's hand is cold, that's already telling you something. And I feel like for me as a Waldorf educator who came into biography work, this foundation of plant observation, of paying attention to the children in my class and the temperatures in their hands and like how they were either running to class or walking slowly and stupidly to class. Those kind of things trained me to and trained my senses to look and allow for deeper things to be revealed to me. So, and then you don't just like stop at children, look at adults, look at your own life, look at like sit if you have time and look at like, hmm, what did I do when I was 14 to 21? Okay. Maybe like for fun, ask another friend what their life was like. And you have no tools, ask the questions you feel called to ask and discover if there are any patterns or similarities. So, you know, I'm just like talking about the buildup and the various ways in which this field of biography can be explored, a self-created way. Which is also how we can become the compassionate witness, right? I mean, what you're speaking about is that building of the compassionate witness of our children, of plants, of hopefully ourselves, because that's been the greatest gift of this journey for me is giving myself a break. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny, but you know, I really hadn't. And doing that work helped me advance that more and I just keep advancing it more. And what you speak about that awareness is, is universally beneficial. We have been so busy in our world that a lot of things have gotten misaligned because of that busyness. It's really time for all of us to take that collective <sighs> long, deep breath and just slow down a little bit. We were talking about that before the interview here today that we both are feeling guided to slow our, our, our process down and do, build a little more self-care. And, and it's, it's important, I think, for us to stay centered in our lives and stop the reacting to the world and start creating the world we really want, which does start from awareness. So thank you for that. That's very beneficial. I love how you gave us those empowering tools that we already have, right? <laughs> Yeah, we do. Well, we're going to be running out of time here pretty soon. It always flies. But is there anything else that you feel guided to share about biography work and what it's meant for you and its potential for people that might feel guided to explore it? Lately, what I've been seeing is um, like this process of observation that I just described. I've been applying it in my life. And I will notice that, oh, wow, like every June, this is what happens to me on the right foot, for instance. And every like December, I'm in this sort of like a position with my finances. And so 
just observing, it's it's almost like I'm able to preempt because there are patterns, right? And because patterns have trajectories. So I'm able to almost sense and preempt. And that in itself, that awareness of where I was, where I'm coming from, where I'm going, allows me if I want to pattern break or if I want to shift my tra trajectory. Sometimes I know that I can, like, if I'm really present and aware, and I'm you know, feeling guided to make a big change, I know I can interrupt it at a level that it need not have to repeat. You know, So there are certain patterns that I feel like have um, diminished, certain that still keep coming. And I'm like, what else is left to look here now? Like I'm aware of this and I'm still doing this, like what is going on? So those kind of games are happening in my life as I'm observing. And then Facebook, I want to say, like, I know there's like, there are all of these sites to, for and against Facebook and, you know, Google and all of that. But something that has helped me, which could possibly help you, is like, it shows you 11 years ago on, you know, on Facebook, and it'll show you like what you were doing. And like Google photos would be like December 16, 2021, this is what you were doing. And, you know, you're seeing it in the next year, for instance. And I stopped because I'm embedded in biography work. I started looking at that from the biography lens and I was like, interesting. So what is the mass of my body? How different do I look? Um, what, how have my friends changed? And it's just fun, you know, and it, it just comes naturally like social media and biography. <laughs> so I am enjoying this journey and um, stepping into deeper creatorship by just observing how I've lived and um, observing how I'm living to the degree I'm able to maintain the observer perspective. Yeah. <laughs> You're fabulous at it. I hope some of it's wearing off on me, rubbing off on me, because I'm really enjoying it. My, my awareness and my observer have definitely amped up since working with you. So I'm so glad you listened to your nudge and reached out to me and I was able to do that work with you. It was it's incredible. And we're not done with our journey yet. Not at all. I'm going <laughs> to see you for a follow-up session and all the revelations uh, that come from it. Yay. Well, do you have a parting thought you'd like to leave us with today that you? Just be you and have fun. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> like what else is there to it? Really? You know? Yeah. Really? I love it. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Ritika, so much. I look forward to seeing what's up next for you because you're just you're just amazing. And I've got a contact information on here for how you can reach out to Ritika for a session and just see what's possible from connecting with her because I can guarantee it's pretty amazing stuff. And I appreciate you joining us for the show today. Let us know what you think. You can do that at journeyofpossibilities.com. And we will see you next time on Exploring Possibilities. <laughs>